Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. That is such a good uh, testimony. What a good report. Wow. Um, there's, there's even more to that story. When they first uh, started trying to go to that village, they just uh, rejected them, and, and they didn't want them to come in the village, and they just kept loving, it, loving on them. And um, they are like, you know, that man that you saw in the video, his name's Chris Peter, and we got to meet him in 2018 when we went over there, and just such a sweet heart for the Lord, and just has such a huge heart for, for uh, evangelism. But um, they'll do like all night prayer meetings, like no problem. Like I know for a while, I, I don't know if they still are, but they every Friday night all night prayer meeting, they're like, hey, we're just gonna pray all night long, and they're just crying out for like the loss. They're just like, so they started praying for that village. They were like, when they got rejected from that village, they're just crying out and praying for this village, and and then look what God does, just opens something up like that. So good, God is so good, Anna. Good morning. <laughs> I just want to share a few testimonies. Um, you know, last week Joe was here. It was so awesome. Um, what a, another just uh, sweetheart for the Lord. And he's just like, man, he's, he's just in San Jose. He's like, I'll come back as much as you want me to come back. He's like, I love your church. And uh, just such an amazing man. Um, Ten people got saved last week when we went out with Joe. It was so powerful. Um, we went out again yesterday. It was freezing cold. It was like so cold yesterday. And so we went out and we we're sharing Jesus and people are like, yeah. <laughs> and still somebody got saved. One person got saved yesterday. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, also we, we don't want to disregard like, you know, success in evangelism is the gospel gets preached. That's success, no matter what people's reaction is to it. And so, you know, we, we try not to just make it about the number of people that are getting saved because success, success is we preach the gospel. And that's what starts to change our own hearts, even just preaching the gospel, not even getting somebody to say the prayer, um, but just preaching the gospel. And so, but that being said, so lots of seeds were sown yesterday. That being said, 28 people since we've started going out in January have given their heart to Jesus. That's, that's amazing. And, you know, probably 100 or more just amazing, you know, seeds planted, people prayed for, encouraged Christians. We run into Christians and we just bless them, encourage them, ask them if they need prayer. So it's such a, a powerful thing. Um, last week, five people got baptized. So good. It was so awesome. Just believe that's such a, a, a powerful act, getting uh, baptism, bat baptisms is such a powerful act. Um, people were miraculously healed in the service. Um, somebody got healed. They had arthritis in their hands, and they got completely healed. Um, another person had a, an, a prostate issue that was healed, and they were just telling me this week, and they were just like, well, it's been such a huge difference this week. And they were so thankful. How many know like those things, like that's a huge deal. If, that's, if you're dealing with something like that, and you get God comes in and heals, that's a huge, huge thing that we need to celebrate. Amen. So we just thank you, God, for the healing in someone's hands. We thank you for the healing of the prostate, God. And we say, do it again. More, 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 Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. In fact, if you just need your healing, just, just stand up. Just be bold enough to just stand. And just, uh, if you're next to them, put your hand on their shoulder. Unless, if you don't want to have a hand on your shoulder, just, you can wave it off. But if you're okay with it, put, it, put your hand on their shoulder. And we just say, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. We just say, be healed, whatever it is. There is nothing too big for our God. And so just speak that over him. Just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If there's something you can test right now, start to test it. If it's like, sometimes there's not something we can test. But if it's something you can test, like a knee or an elbow or neck, just start to test it and see if, see if anything's happening right now. Sometimes just right in the moment, we see, we see miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you can feel the Lord doing something, just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What are you experiencing over here? Are you experiencing anything? Yeah, the white, white shirt. Did you have something you could test? Are you testing it out? 
No, okay. Okay, awesome. Yeah, a lot of times people don't have something they can test, but thank you, Jesus. Yeah, if you felt like the Lord touching you or doing something, um, let us know. We just believe God's doing things even when we don't see it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father. God, you're so good. God, we just pray that you're bringing us into deeper levels of sonship today. God, that we're not trying to perform, we're not trying to be good enough, but we just rely and trust in the finished work of Jesus, knowing that Jesus Christ has made us righteous. He has paid the price, and we simply rest in the finished work of Jesus. We're sons. We've not been given a spirit of slavery that leads to fear. We've been given a spirit of adoption as sons, that we can rest in that fact today. Lord, let this message just pierce hearts today. Lord, I just pray that an anointing comes across today that breaks yokes of bondages. I just pray that you guide this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So if, if you're a note taker, I love it when people take notes. Um, I think, you know, I had, I had a counselor once and she would give me really good advice and then uh, I would just try to remember it all. <laughs> And then one day she looked at me and she goes, you know, the people that get the most breakthrough are the people that write down what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. So then I just started spending like 15 minutes after counseling just writing down everything she was saying. And it started producing more fruit in my life quicker. So yeah. So if you're taking notes this morning, this message is called Letting God Soften Your Heart. Letting God Soften Your Heart. It's something that God's been speaking to me is like, just, I've been, I keep hearing it. It's like everywhere I go, I keep hearing it, like um, to let God soften your heart or to, to just position yourself so God can come and soften our heart. We want to have a soft heart towards the Lord. We want to have a soft heart towards others. And we want to have a soft heart towards ourselves. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Watch over your heart. Some translations say, guard your heart, steward your heart, pay attention to what's happening in your heart. The heart is, is important to God. He cares what's happening in our heart, and we need to tend to it like you would tend to a garden. We need to tend to our heart find, and, and realize even what's happening. Sometimes it's harder for us men because sometimes we don't know what's happening. We're like, well, I don't feel good, but I don't know what it is. But we need to like tend to our heart, like what actually is happening? What am I, what am I experiencing? And then once we start to figure out what it is, whether it's fear, anxiety, whatever, once we identify it, we can start to process with the Lord, like, okay, Lord, why am I experiencing fear? Like what's going on? So we need to tend to our heart. Very, very important. And as we tend to our heart, God softens these hard areas in our heart. So we need to pay attention to what's happening in our hearts because we want to keep a soft heart towards God, towards others, and towards ourselves. So as we've been sharing Christ with people on Saturdays, um, I usually, uh, you know, there's like, there's, there's like not one way to do it, uh, to like to share, with, to share with Christ with people. There's not one way to open, but we want to just, we all have our different ways to kind of open, but we want to get to this place where we're able to just share the pure gospel, like share the, the story of Jesus. But one of the ways that's been working for me is I just ask like, hey, we're just, we, we go on twos like they did in the Bible. And one of the things I say is, hey, we're just asking people like what they think love is. I got that from Joe. And it's so interesting. Joe said this and it's so true. You see it now. I've seen it every week. But if people don't know Jesus, they have no idea what love is. I have no idea. Jesus, the only way that we even know love, the Bible says not that we've loved, but he has loved us. This is how we even understand love is to know the person of Jesus Christ. Love is what he did for us. He said, greater love has no man than this, and he would lay down his life for his friends. This is the ultimate demonstration of love as he laid down his life for us. And that's how we even have the ability to even understand love is to know Jesus as our Savior and to know what he did for us. And so when I'm sharing with people, or we just walk up to people, and we're friendly, you know, and I just say, hey, we're just going around asking people, like, you know, what, what, what they think love is. Like, what's your definition of love? And, you know, probably 80 
plus percent of people have a good reaction to that. And they're like, well, and, you, and then you, all of a sudden you're in a conversation. And I find like if I can get somebody in a conversation, then they're open to like, and then I'm going to, I'm going to drop a gospel bomb on them, right? <laughs> so, but there's probably, probably a little less than 80%, I would say, don't have a good reaction to it. And some people even get angry. And you're just, a, you're just hey, we're just talking to people and asking them what love is. And some people get angry, they get rude, they get short with you. And, you know, it's very important for us is like, we, we want to keep our love on the whole time. And so someone gets angry or rude with us and we're just polite back to them. And, and if someone's like, just like, get out of my space, like, and we're just like polite. It's like, no problem. Thank you so much. Bless you. Have a good day. You know, we just leave them alone. But I, I think, here's, here's what I'm starting to think is, I think those encounters where people have a bad reaction, those are actually beneficial too for that person. Because they have to process this later, like, hey, like this guy asked me just a simple question, and I, I kind of got rude or snippy or whatever, and they were super polite, and they, they left me alone, and, and they have to kind of be left with that later and be like, why did I do that? Like, you know, this, this person was not really that threatening. Why did I respond that way? And I've had those moments where maybe I responded and I was short with someone or, or, or something that I've had to process later and be like, why did I respond like that? Like, that wasn't, like, that weird of a situation. Like, something, something's wrong in me that I, like, kind of maybe lashed out a bit. And then it's not, it's not a point to become, you know, like, self-condemning or introspective, but it's a place to go to the Lord and be like, Lord, like, what happened there? Like, it's like my, my son, uh, he had a, a cut on his, his knee this week. And it was, uh, it was like bleeding down his leg. And I was like, okay, we're going we're to fix you up, sit down. And I was starting to just like dab the blood, you know, around the wound, not touching the wound. And he's like, oh, why are you touching? Why are you touching it? And I said, I'm not touching. I'm just like getting the blood. And he's like, no, you're touching it. <laughs> and I just thought of that when, it, when talking about this stuff is like, sometimes we have these situations where we're like, ah, why are you touching my wound? And they're like, I'm not really, I'm just kind of trying to dab a little blood here. <laughs> like, you know. And so when we have those reactions, we, it's an invitation for us, especially as Christians, to process with the Lord and be like, Lord, what, ha- what happened there? I, I felt like, you know, I felt like some big emotions. You know, a, a clue is like when, you, when you're calm and you look back and you're like, yeah, maybe that was kind of weird. Or maybe someone was a, maybe that was a weird comment. And it kind of should have bothered me, but my reaction to it was this. It should have been this, but it was this. And like, that's, that's an indication that you need to process something with the Lord, that there's something going on in your heart that someone's like dabbing around your wound and you're like, ow, stop touching it. So I think, I think even in evangelism, those are good things, you know, we just love people even when they have a bad reaction, but they have to process that later. Like, what's, what happened? Like, why did I re- react like that? And I think that's a good thing for them to be able to process. So anytime we have a big reaction to something around us, it may be an indication that we need to tend to something in our heart. Something's happening in our heart, and we need to pay attention to what's going on. So we can go to God, and we can process those pains with him, and we can invite him in to soften our hearts in those areas. That's what happens is we have this big thing, and we're like, God, what what happened there? And we invite him in, and he comes, and he, he softens those parts of our heart and heals those parts of our heart. So God wants to soften our hearts so that we can receive more of the kingdom here on earth. We want to receive more of, you know, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. We receive more joy, more peace. We receive more of like a a reality of the righteousness of God. How many know you can't become more righteous than fully righteous that Jesus has already paid for? But you can become more aware of what he's done for you. You can make it like even in worship today, we're just singing like all hail King Jesus and like a reality comes of like, oh my goodness, like Jesus is so amazing. He's the savior of the world. What he's done for us, it's so powerful. And it's just becoming more aware of what he's done for us and more aware of the righteousness that we carry because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to take a drink. Thank you, Jesus, for coffee.
I love you, Lord. So we can go to God and we can process those pains with him and, and we invite him in and he'll come in and, and soften those places of our hearts. It's just so important that we just position ourselves to, to steward a soft heart. Like when we start to see like, oh man, maybe there's some hardness there. Like we can just invite God in to come in and soften those places. God's not withholding himself from us. He's not withholding his love from us. Jesus already poured out everything. But there may be pain in your heart that's keeping you from experiencing all that God has poured out. And that's part of this life is we're just tending our hearts so we can receive more and more and more of the reality of what Jesus has done for us. God wants us to receive more of his goodness, more of his fathering, more of his love, more of his blessing. You know, pain, if you have pain in your heart, and we probably all do to some extent, but pain turns, in, turns into self-protection, which turns into hardness of heart. When we have pain, a lot of times we'll raise up the self-protection, and if we have that up long enough and we're not dealing with that pain, it turns into hardness of heart, areas in our heart that are hard. Here's the good news. God can come in in a moment and soften those places. And we've seen it. He comes in in a moment and he can break that hard heart and, and give you that heart of flesh. We see this in evangelism. I see God softens people's heart right there on the spot. And it happened yesterday. I was with Caleb and we approached this man and he had his guard way up and he was this big man. Like, like looked like he went to the gym a lot. And... Um, he just had his guard way up with us. And, and just like Caleb, just out of his mouth, he, he goes, man, God has a plan for you. And I felt the Holy Spirit on it. I even said like, I said, whoa, when he said, <laughs> I was like, I felt the Holy Spirit on it. And this guy's guard dropped. I could, he could feel it soften his heart. He could feel it break something in the spirit. And, and he just like, his guard went down a little bit. And it was powerful. So God can soften your heart in a moment, especially when we invite him. Lord, I, I feel like I may have some hardness in this area. Could you please come and just soften this, Lord? Process this with me, and you can process those things with him, and he'll, he'll bring that softness back into your heart. We see God do this with people. We see God soften our own hearts. Like, my heart's been softened toward the lost. Like, I'm starting to see people in a different light. Like, one of the lies of the enemy is that, like, you know, oh, that person's fine. Like, oh, they've, they've got money. They look happy. They're fine. No, the truth is, without Jesus, people are lost. They're completely lost. It doesn't matter if they have money. It doesn't matter if on the outside they appear to be okay. They're lost. And you just start to get the reality of this. You see this. I think the this Holy Spirit, as we're speaking to people out in evangelism, I'll tell you this. One of the addicting things about evangelism is feeling the Holy Spirit come when you're talking to people. When you preach the gospel message, when you just share the simple gospel, Holy Spirit backs up that message with power. And it's one of the addicting things about sharing with people is you feel it. And you're like, whoa. And every time it happens, it's like softening your own heart. It's like, wow, the reality of salvation. It's softening my heart all over again. The reality that we just desperately need Jesus. It's softening my heart. Amen. Yeah, so I feel like in evangelism, you know, I, I see it in our team. Our hearts are, are getting softer towards the Lord, and it's, it's giving us such a thankfulness for what Jesus has done. Amen. So I like to, I'm kind of an exhorter, so I like to, like, connect. Like, sometimes, like, you know, we all have our different personalities, but sometimes I get frustrated with certain pastors because I'm like, well, that's, that sounds awesome, but how do you do it? Like, show me, like, a practical. So I, I love practical things. One of the things that we can do to soften our own heart is to share Christ with someone. Yeah, one of the things that we can do to, to watch God soften our heart is to share Christ. And it may not look like a Saturday thing, although I invite you to come out with us. It's been awesome. But it may look like there's people in your life that you maybe have been with for a season or you're still with. And, and sometimes, and I know I can be the first one to raise my hand. I know when I look, look at back at my life, I know there's been people that have been in my life, maybe through work or maybe through um, another situation. And they've been in my life for a season and then they were not in my life. And I, and I can look back and be like, wow, I never shared Christ with that person. Like I never told, maybe I never even told them I was a Christian. 
Maybe they had no clue. And so there's people in your life, this was on my heart this week, that, that might be in your life for a season and you're, you're working close with them or you know them well or, or you're getting to know them that you need to share your faith with. And as you share your faith with someone, watch what God does in your own heart. Watch what God does in your own heart. Some of you are going to start crying. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, Caleb knows he's been with me. Sometimes I just can't, st- I, just start, I just start to cry as I'm sharing Christ. Some of you are going to be sharing Christ with someone and you're going to start to tear up. And you'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's for me, I feel, I, when I feel the Holy Spirit hit, I'm just like, woo, I start to like tear up. I'm like, this message is so powerful. And I just feel the presence of the Lord. Some of you, as you share your faith with, with God, he's going to break through some hardness of your own heart that you've been like wanting breakthrough for. I believe that. I believe as you just share your faith, you're going to see God come in and do some things that you weren't even expecting that maybe you think are unrelated So one of the things that we can do to soften our heart towards the Lord is to share Christ. All of us are meant to share, to share this thing with people, to share the story of Jesus. By the way, it's his story. It's not your story. This isn't some story we invented to try to create a cool club. This is the real story of Jesus. And then when we share it, God backs it with power. Another thing you can do is when someone is experiencing a touch from Jesus, celebrate with them celebrate with them like we just celebrated this morning that story that got shared from Jesus cares we're just like oh Jesus thank you Lord maybe we should have took more time even to just camp there and be like oh Jesus thank you 19 families 19 families came to Christ and said plant a church in our village wow wow this is why we do this to see families come to Jesus so powerful so powerful Take time to celebrate when God's doing something and someone else, maybe it's a healing, celebrate that. Camp there. Be like, wow, this person's finger just got healed. That's a big deal to them. I'm going to celebrate with them. I'm going to celebrate with them. I, I, I don't want to wait for the, quote, big miracle to celebrate, but I want to I celebrate someone's wrist getting healed. I want to celebrate someone's foot getting healed. If, if your foot needs healing and you know, Joy has her like step counter and like, you know, it's like 10,000 steps a day a lot of times, right? And if your foot hurts every time you take a step, I mean, 10,000 times a day, you're thinking about it. When, when someone gets healed, that's a big deal. When someone's foot gets healed, that's a big deal, amen? And one of the ways we can see God soften our heart is, is camp there and be like, whoa, I need to let this pierce my heart right now. I need to just like maybe go up and ask them questions, interview them. Wow, you got healed today? Holy cow, like how long have you been suffering? Like, and just let it pierce your heart. Take time to let their breakthrough impact your own heart. If someone's experiencing like a touch from the Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's joy, maybe they're laughing. Like, and maybe that's what you need. And, you know, we can look and be like, God, why are, they, why are you doing it for them and not for me? Or we can celebrate with them. They're like, wow, I want to celebrate with you. I want, I want to like, you know, and I found with joy, especially it's contagious. So if I'm just celebrating with someone else, I'll start to get it too. So one way to soften our heart is to just celebrate with people when we see God doing something. See someone just weeping in worship. Just be like, man, I just, that's so awesome. Jesus is here. He's, he's like touching people right now. I want to celebrate that. We can get to a place, especially in our culture, where we're like, oh, another healing, another miracle, another salvation, another baptism. And we can stop letting those things move our heart. But I want to tell you, like, every time those things happen, it's an invitation for you to, like, meet the Savior all over again. If someone gets saved, it's an invitation for you to meet the Savior all over again. And you re-experience the joy of your own salvation. Okay, when someone gets healed, when someone gets touched by God in some way, it's an invitation to see his face. It's an invitation to see the healer. Ezekiel 38, 29 says this, I will no longer hide my face for them, for I will pour out my spirit on the people of Israel. 
declares the sovereign Lord. How many know that if you've received Jesus Christ, you're a son of Abraham? So that's, he's talking about you. You're a son of Abraham. You are a spiritual son of Israel. It says, I'll no longer hide my face for them, for I'll pour out my spirit on my people. We long to see his face. Like that's, we were singing about it today. Just about seeing his face. God, we want to see you. We want to we see you show up in our life. We want to see your face. We want to adore you and worship you. We long to see his face. When, when God manifests his presence, whether it's a prophetic word or a healing or a miracle or salvation or someone's crying, someone's laughing, it's an invitation to see his face and to let him soften your heart. It's an invitation to see his face. And someone gets saved, it's an invitation to see the Savior. Someone gets a miracle, it's an invitation to see the miracle worker. When someone encounters joy, it's, it's an invitation to meet the God of joy, the God who is joy, amen? One of the th things I love that um, John the Baptist said, I used to just read it and to get and tear up, and I would like, you know, there may be different passages of Scripture for you that when you read it, you like, it hits you, and pay attention to those. Pay attention, because a lot of times you may not even know why. You're like, that. wow, I don't even know why, but that's impacting my heart. You know, I think that we don't fully, I, I think we can't fully even comprehend our own, like, like salvation, but something like, pierces our heart and that's all we that we need to understand that's why we can't like convince people to become a christian i can't intellectually reason with them i i share the gospel or we share the gospel and we're waiting for god to pierce their heart and when they when a god pierces their heart they don't even need an explanation i don't need to explain the how everything works to them god spoke to them his voice spoke when their heart got pierced and now they're like yes i don't even understand all this but i want it <laughs> jesus i want you Man, and we see that in evangelism. Some of them, some people just are ready. It's so fun when, when you meet those and you're just like, 90 seconds, I just shared the gospel. I'm like, Jesus, you know, I end with saying, just like, Jesus is he's here right now. He's in our presence and, and he, he, want, he longs for your heart. You can receive him right now. Would you like to receive Jesus right now? And we've had people just be like, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's like, it's not us. It's not our fancy words. It's the Holy Spirit was speaking as we were sharing the gospel with them. And they're like, I don't know what this is, but I want it. Yes, Lord. So when, when God's touching someone, it's an invitation to see his face. Oh, I got sidetracked. Bunny, bunny trail. There's a little bunny rabbit over there that I shot. So J John the Baptist. <laughs> that may not be a good thing to say, huh? Like, oh, the poor little bunny. <laughs> oh man John the Baptist one of the things that impacts my heart when I, would, when I used to read and I still is um, he's like baptizing people and then all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he stops and he's like behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world that always just chokes me up he's like but behold here, here he is, the Lamb of God. It's like we were singing today, All Hail King Jesus, and I was talking about the stadium. He's like, everybody stop what you're doing. Here comes the Lamb of God. He's, he takes away the sins of the whole world. He's in our presence right now. And I'm telling you, when someone gets saved, you can recognize, wow, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's here right now. He's in our, he's in our midst. He just washed this person's sins away. So powerful. Yeah, John was announcing to his disciples and the people around him, he's like, I want you to recognize and understand who's in your presence right now. And when we see those things, we need to recognize and understand who's in our presence. We see somebody get saved. When someone's encountering God in any way, it's an invitation for you to let God soften your heart and like press into it and be like, God, I, I see you touching someone. I want to let it soften my heart. Amen. Sometimes we can judge people with our mind because we're processing things in our mind without, be aware of, without being aware of what God's doing in the spirit. 
Um, I'm, Bill Johnson, I love Bethel because they're always so real and vulnerable, but he shares a story, Bill does, where if you're ever at Bethel, they're like, people come up to the front for worship, and it's just like packed with people, and it's not just young people. I remember being there one time, and there's like an 80-year-old man on the right of me and like a teenager on the left of me, and it's just like everybody comes up, all ages, and it's beautiful. I love our church, too. I mean, no, we need like not just young people. We need everybody. Like, everybody is important in the kingdom. We need spiritual moms and dads, spiritual grandmas and grandpas. We need babies. We need everybody, and we all work together, and we all can be a blessing to one another. So, you know, Bill's sitting up front, and there's a lady that's in front of him, and she's doing this. He, he says she's doing, like, this strange dance, and he's like, I was, I was annoyed. He's like, I'm like, this is weird. This lady's doing this strange dance in front of me. And um, another pastor comes up to him, to Bill, and says, man, isn't that amazing? And Bill says, what? And he says, she was a prostitute for 30 years and got radically saved and delivered last night. And she's just celebrating her salvation. And Bill's like, oh, Lord, help me, Lord. Let me have a soft heart. Let me see people like you see people. Not with my intellectual, you know, what I think's happening, but let me see people like you see people, Jesus. When people are, are encountering God, it's an open invitation to see his face and to know him more. So another way that our heart gets softened, softened is through acts of kindness. Acts of kindness is a way that we can invite the Lord in to soften our heart. I'm going to read Matthew 25. Not the whole thing, but just a few scriptures. Matthew 25, 35 through 40 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. You did it for me. Acts of kindness are an invitation to see his face. Many translations, it says, Jesus will say, you did it to me. When you did this act of kindness, when you went and visited someone in the hospital, you were doing it to me. I, I remember a few years ago, I went to visit a man who was in hospital, and as I was on the way driving there, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you're going to visit me in the hospital today. Because as we do this, these things, we're doing it to Jesus. Man, and that gave me a different perspective. I was like, what an honor, Jesus, that I get to go visit you in the hospital today. What an honor, So acts of kindness are invitations to see his face, to do it. You're doing it not unto Jesus, to Jesus himself. I believe every time we see his face, when we do these things, it just comes and it softens our heart. 1 John 3, 2 says, when we see him, we become like him. When we see him, we become like him. So we want to see his face, and we become more like him. Last thing is God wants you to have a soft heart toward yourself. I often see people who have beautiful, tender hearts towards others. But when it comes to themselves, they don't see what God sees. And it looks like Man, I have, I have faith, that, like they have faith as beautiful people. Like I have just awesome faith for people to get healed. But when it comes to themselves, they're like, well, but I don't even, I'm not going to think about that for me. And the truth is there's some, something that's like keeping them from receiving that grace that they can see for others. There's something that's keeping them from receiving that grace for themselves. And there's something, it could be just like, a little bit of self-hatred even that you don't that we don't even recognize, but there's something that's like, 
where we see it for others and we believe God's blessing for others, but when it comes to ourselves, we're like, well, not for me though. We might not, we might not articulate that, but you can see it, like you can feel it. So God wants us to have a soft heart towards ourself. God doesn't see you through your past life. He doesn't see you through the past mistakes. He doesn't see you through the past things that have been done to you. He sees you through the eyes of mercy and grace like we would look at a little child. I, I, I was thinking of a story this week, um, Tia, when she was like six or seven years old. We had some company over and everybody was talking and we were sitting at the table and um, she knocked a, a glass off the table and the glass like, you know, made a loud sound and just smashed and just went, you know, you know, glass went flying on the tile floor. And all of a sudden the room became silent and it was an awkward like, oh, what's going to happen? It was like this weird awkwardness. And um, I remember just saying like, oh, that's okay. It was just an accident. Let me help you clean that up. And then the tension broke in the room and everybody went back to normal. But it was almost like everybody was waiting for me to be like, ah, why did you do that? Don't, what are you doing? Don't be so careless. And that's kind of how we think of the Lord sometimes is like he looks at us like little children. You know, by the way, like Tia at six years old, she was unable like to clean that up. There's no way she could clean that up by herself. Like she needed someone else to come and help her clean it up. And sometimes we project this onto God. We're like, we make a mistake or, or do something wrong and we expect him to be like, I can't believe you did that. How dare you? What's wrong with you? That's what like, there was like this tension in the room that, that I was gonna start screaming or something. And I don't know like the company we were with, I don't know how they grew up. They might've grown, grown up like that and might've felt like, uh-oh, something, something's gonna go down right now. And so we, we can project that on God that we, we like make mistakes and we want to run and hide in a hole like God is like, what's wrong with you? I can't believe you did that again. When in reality, he's like, that's okay. Let me come and help you clean that up. Not that we don't have to take responsibility for our, our actions, we do. But he's so gracious. He's not surprised when we make a mistake. He's not angry at us when we make a mistake. He's like, hey, I'm going to come and help you clean this up. So God doesn't see you through your past mistakes. He sees you like a little child. When we need to start to see ourselves like he sees us and let it soften our heart. We're referred to in scripture as the children of God. And God wants us to see ourselves as dearly loved children. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. This is how God sees us, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So God wants you to have a soft heart towards him, towards others, and towards yourself. God wants you to see yourself like he sees you. He sees you as just a little child. Yeah, Lord, just remove areas in our heart that have become hardened towards you. Make them soft again. I have one more thing, and it's like, uh, it may seem like a whole new subject, but it's kind of like, I feel like what we've been talking about is kind of like the access road that takes us into this next subject. It's like, this is the freeway. We were on the access road, and we're about to get jump on the freeway. I hope, I hope it connects. I think it's going to. <laughs> I want to talk about spiritual fathers and mothers. Proverbs 9, 8 and, 8 and 9. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9 says this. I'm reading it from the Passion. It says, don't even bother to correct a mocker, for he'll only hate you for it. But go ahead and correct, correct the wise, they'll love you even more. Teach a wise man what is right and he'll grow even wiser. Instruct the lovers of God and they'll learn even more. So what is this saying? It's basically like if you correct, correct a foolish man, he'll hate you. If you correct a wise man, he'll love you. 
powerful stuff. So we need to have soft hearts towards spiritual fathers and mothers to receive the impartation that they carry. Spiritual fathers and mothers is something that's so been in my heart for so long. And I'll start by saying this. No spiritual father or mother can replace your direct connection with Father God. And, and no good spiritual father or mother would ever try. They're, one of the main jobs of spiritual fathers and mothers is to take your hand and put it in God's hand. And be like, you know, a, a big thing for spiritual fathers and mothers, sometimes we feel like we have to have all the answers when... In reality, a lot of times someone, we may not have the answer and the thing that's gonna minister to them the most is just to say, I don't know what the answer to your problem is, but I'm here for you. I'm here for you. That sometimes that's the most powerful thing we can do as spiritual father and mother is just be like, just to mourn with those who mourn if someone's going through something. Just to be available, just to say, I'm here. I don't, I don't have the answer, but I'll, I'll help you. I'll be here with you. So we need to have our, our hearts soft towards spiritual fathers and mothers to receive the impartation that they carry or, or we'll miss it. You know, we need each other. I said it earlier. And we need to receive from each other. But if our hearts are hardened towards mothers and fathers, we're going to miss the impartation that they carry. And you may have had a hard childhood. You may have had, uh, you know, things that are hard in your, with your mom or things that are hard with your dad. And we need to like invite the Lord into those places to, to break those pains, those unforgiveness, those bitternesses, and where he can just soften our hearts so that we can actually receive from fathers and mothers again. I'm working on that in my own life. I want to have a soft heart towards spiritual fathers and mothers, and not just fathers and mothers, but brothers and sisters. You know, a lot of you are going to be brothers and sisters to each other, not necessarily fathers and mothers to each other, but, but brothers and sisters that we walk alongside of each other and we support each other, we build each other up and encourage one another. So 1 Corinthians 4.15, it says, For though you may have 10,000 instructors, this is Paul speaking, says you might have 10,000 instructors, yet you don't have many fathers. And Paul was addressing an issue that there needed to be a shift in the church because there was way more teachers than there were fathers and mothers. And he's like, there needs to be a shift because you got a lot of instructors, you got a lot of rules, but you need somebody that's just going to father you and mother you. And I want to submit to you, it's, it's the same story in our church today, and not just our church, but in churches across the world. A lot of teachers, but not many fathers, not many people that, you know, a lot of people want a mic. They want to be, you know, preaching or teaching or imparting something, but not many people want to be just, hey, I just want to be there for someone as a father. I just want to be that person to be like, hey, I may not know the answer to your problem, but I'm here for you. Just a hand on the shoulder is so powerful. It's like, I'm here. We're going to do this together. You're not alone. So powerful. So we need to know how to position ourselves as sons, and that's what this is about. This part of the message is... If we allow God to come in and soften our heart towards fathers and mothers, we can receive the impartation that the fathers and mothers around us carry. Impartation is amazing. Impartation is a fast track. Like where I don't have to fight the battle that they've fought because I'm, I'm willing to be imparted to. So we need to glean from fathers and mothers. There's marriage impartation. You want to have a better marriage, look for someone who has a good marriage that's been married a lot longer than you or at least a little bit longer than you and be imparted to. Hey, how do, how do you guys have such a great connection? Like, help. <laughs> we humble ourselves and we want to receive from spiritual fathers and mothers. There's business impartation. There's, there's spiritual impartation in our spiritual walk with the Lord. If you want a great, like, a deeper relationship with the Lord, like, look, look at someone that's like, wow, they just, they seem to have this powerful, awesome, deep relationship with the Lord where they just, they just love Jesus. Look for people that are just in love with Jesus and be like, you're so in love with Jesus. I want to fall more in love with Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm open. Impart to me. How do I fall more in love with Jesus? There's wisdom impartation. There's financial wisdom impartation. 
And we need to have soft hearts toward each other so that we can receive from each other. So part of receiving an inheritance from the spiritual father and mother is having the same value. You know, what's, what's happening in our church, like, some amazing things are happening in our church. Even if I just start from January, I'm like, wow, people are getting saved and baptized and there's miracles and there's healings and the presence of God is, is here. But this didn't happen overnight. A lot of people in our leadership, we've known for 10 years, some of them we've known for 15 years, and we've fought some battles. <laughs> we've went through some hard moments and hard times. In those hard times, you know, when you just have those people around you that you lock arms and you support one another and you go through the fire together, it just builds something strong. It builds trust, but it builds like this uh, camaraderie, but that's not even the, the best word for it, like this, this like brotherhood where you're just like, wow, we, we've like fought the enemy together <laughs> and we came out on the other end and we're still alive. And so... Why am I saying this? Part of, like, if you have just came into this culture and you're brand new, like, part of receiving from the spiritual fathers and mothers in this house is hearing their story, like, hey, I, I see that you carry this, like, peace. I see that you carry this wisdom. What battle did you have to fight to get there? Like, I want to know the story. Because when I hear your story, it's going to give me a deeper level of value for what you carry. It's going to give me a higher level of respect for what you carry, and it's going to open up my heart more to receive the impartation that you carry. I like to ask my leaders and mentors, and I have, I have a few of them in my life. We so, we so all need that. And I like to ask them to share their battles that they've fought to get where they're at because it helps me gain a, a value system for what they carry. So part of spiritual impartation is hearing the journey. Hearing the journey, hear, hearing what people fought for. Okay, I'm going to land the plane. Yeah, I'm not going to get to all this today. That's okay. Yeah, go ahead, Stan. I'm just going to land it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we just invite you. Just put your hand on your heart. We just invite you to soften this heart. We just invite you to soften this heart. Lord, we just pray. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit is it's your best friend. The Holy Spirit is such a good friend. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to poke, to say, hey, I have a little hardness here, but you just need to invite me in, and I'm going to come and soften that part of your heart. We just invite you, Jesus, to soften our heart. We want to have soft heart towards you, Jesus. We want to have a soft heart towards others, God. Lord, soften these hearts. God, help people with, with self-hatred. Lord, we want to have a soft heart towards ourselves. Jesus, give us a soft heart. We love you, Lord. We invite you in. We invite you in, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. I don't know everybody here, so there may be people here that have not received Jesus. Or if you'd like to rededicate your life, if, you're, if you just say, like, yeah, I know Jesus, I've accepted him, but I've not been walking with the Lord, and I'd just like to rededicate my life, like start, over, start afresh. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Jesus is so good. He's so good. He came to the earth humbly. Imagine the humility of God. Came as a little baby. 
Everybody around him thought he's going to be this military leader. He's going to lead Israel to overthrow Rome, to get them out of their country. But he comes as a little baby born in a barn, laid in a feeding trough. He came humbly. And he didn't come to, to serve himself. He came to serve others. And the blood of Jesus it has a voice. You know, Abel's blood had a voice. When, when Abel's blood was shed, God went to Cain and he said, your, your brother's blood is crying out to me. And blood has a voice. Abel's blood was crying out on his own behalf, saying, vengeance, my life was taken. But the blood of Jesus, it says in Hebrews, it speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus cries out on your behalf and it says, forgiveness. Healing, grace, life. The blood of Jesus cries out. It's still crying out today over all of us. Saying healing, life, peace, freedom, joy, salvation. Jesus willingly laid down his life. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down willingly. Because he wanted you to connect to him. He wanted to forgive your sins. He paid the price for you so that you could receive him. You could have eternal life. So if you're here today and you'd like to just receive what Jesus did and receive eternal life or rededicate your life, just slip up your hand this morning. We're just going to say a simple prayer together. Thank you, Jesus. Just wait another minute. If there's anybody here that would say, I, I would like to just rededicate my life or receive Jesus, just slip up your hand. We thank you, Jesus. If you're on live stream, just say this prayer with us. If you want to receive Jesus today, just say, Jesus, let's say this together. Jesus, I repent of my sins. I receive you as my Savior. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come and guide me and lead me. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. I accept you, Jesus. Amen.